We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> on the field for the Newcastle Knights. Darren Tracy's first touch of the footy. Now Andrew John. Tights a little hole himself. He's close. Right. He reaches out. That's a tie to Andrew John. Bruce Brink from the little halfback. And that's a good reward for a great game. It is debut match for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew John scores the try and that should wrap it up for the night. Coming to you live from Awabakal and Wanarua lands, this is the Bay 53 Podcast, part of the Sports Best Friends Podcasting Network, brought to you by A-plus Contracting and Poly Welding. It was cause for celebration over the weekend as the Knights managed to do something they have not done for three weeks, and that's score a try. Unfortunately, though, after a solid first half, they couldn't maintain any rage, and the Cowboys ran home convincing round nine winners. As we gear up for Magic Round, Harry Ramage, good friend of the pod, is back for another night's debrief and everything else rugby league. Boys, we're 2-8. and eight. It was a better performance, but it's yet another loss for the mighty Newcastle Knights. Yeah. I, I, was, I took some hope out of the weekend, to be honest with you. The, the effort was there. The conditions were against us. You know, missing eight first graders. I actually took a little bit of hope out of it. Harry, Harry have you been, spent much time up in far north Queensland? Um, only ever on like holidays or things like that. I've never been to, um, I've never been to Townsville. It's, um, yeah. The only great reason part, I mentioned it. part of the world, but I've never been to Townsville. So. Oh, the only reason I mention it is, uh, particularly around this time of the year, it is like just horrifically, um, hot and, oh, um, yeah, it's just ridiculous conditions to sort of be playing football up uh, in there. Given our injuries, we were always going to be up against it, I guess. Oh, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I mean, even the Cowboys guys, that was the only advantage they have is they play in that humidity all the time. Um, but, like, even they were labouring at different stages. Like, it was exceptionally humid as well. And they made note of that on the broadcast. And if you're not used to playing in that humidity, like, the ball is like a cake of soap. It's all it's yeah. You prefer it in frog yeah, and rain because of the, the synthetic material. Mm. The ball side had rainwater on it. The sweat just makes it slippery. Yep. Harry, before we get stuck into um, uh, everything uh, rugby league over the weekend, in particular the nights, mate, how have things been travelling with you since we last spoke with you? I mean, the only reason I ask is the last time we had you on, it was. Uh, Pre-season hopes were high. We were confident of going into the season. We weren't necessarily uh, banking on a win against the Roosters. But, uh, yeah, how have you been travelling uh, over the past few months? Um, gee, hopefully I haven't regressed as bad as the Mighty Knights have. <laughs> <laughs> Look, life's extremely busy. Um, I watch as much football as I can. Uh, I, I squeeze in as much as I can. I, still, I don't miss any Knights games. I, I make sure I get... You know, I'm getting every night's game in. But bloody hell, I, I, I will admit, um, I fell asleep at halftime in the second game on Friday night. Um, and I woke up at 12.30 and saw the score and was like, holy shit, I would just missed that. Like, and it was pretty <laughs> devastated. But, uh, yeah, look, I don't know. Like, we've regressed, but 
was it that unexpected? A little bit, but not this much. Yeah, the injuries are certainly not unexpected. This this just happens. I think the funny thing about the way the night season is panning out is that, and and because we sort of discussed it a little bit in private as well, is that even after we won those opening two games, the jokes had already started going, oh, I hope this isn't 2015 all over again. And the three of us fairly confidently were messaging each other back going, that's ridiculous. This is not 2015. Like, this is a completely different side. So I think that's more where the surprise about the regression has been. Because, yeah, this is, if anything, this is worse than 2015. Because we we, we didn't even win our opening four. We only managed two wins. Yeah. Um, I mean, listening to Ben Darwin's um, podcast with you guys last week, and how he, he sort of said the Knights are performing exactly how they are. Um, I mean, it went real south real quick. Um, like, I thought, yeah, round three, I thought, yeah, terrific effort against the Panthers down to 12 mm. kind of thing. Um, yeah, you know what? We went to Cronulla. Um, kind of had one of those days where, oh, look, it was sort of 8-0 for a lot of that game. Mm. Like with 14 to go, you're still in the game. But then, oh, shit, we didn't score a point. Okay, that's not great. But you know what? You're going to lose the good side sometimes, especially away from home. Um, And then, yes, since that Sea Eagles loss, it's been like, yeah, shit, we're, we're cooked. Like this goes, it goes a bit beyond we've got, you know, double-digit injury, injury lists again. Um, there's something fundamentally wrong. Like the, the confidence has just evaporated, um, they're, 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 and they're playing in slow motion. And part of that is, is like, I mean, if if you've got break glass in case of emergency, Jack Johns is like an integral part of your right edge, and you got Sasangi coming in and out, and you don't, and you know, it's like, well, you're gonna play in slow motion, like because mm. there's just I mean, the plans are for them not to be playing there. Like, mm. like unfortunately, the plans are just not for them to be playing there. It's to have Frizz. It's to have Gagai. It's to have Jake Clifford feeling great about life again. And um, I'm particularly sensitive to, to what he's going through. Um, yeah. yeah, and ho- hope everything's okay with him. But it's, yeah, it's it's like... Vacuum has just fallen over the Mayfield training base. You know, it's just disappeared. Brett, question for you: do, you: do you purely think it's confidence, or do you think it's a real mental weakness? All right, I, I think that there's a mental weakness aspect. There were games I watched very early last year. One of them being. Uh, who did we play before the round six? We'd lost three in a row just after another 2-0 and start. And so we lost I'd... to the Tigers, the Dragons, and, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, started look, to blank out by that stage. Yeah, it was, it was a game we should have won. And my thought sitting at home was a lot of these blokes just aren't willing to pray, pay the price every week. Like, And it's easy to say, but the good sides are. Like, Penrith put to... They just put this, like, them and the Storm just put this myth that you can't be up every week. Like, they just put that shit to bed. Like, they are up every week and they are physical and they want the smoke. We don't want the smoke every week. And 
it's just so bad. This is like 2020 Broncos level of, oh, we can see a penalty like the other team will score and score really easily. And I think as well, we're getting blown apart in the middle, but we score, like we concede a lot of tries or kicks. Yeah, like that's, that's, my, that's my big concern is, is, is the, the concentration levels. The moment it gets the fifth tackle, we just switch off. Like not only the kick, so at times when fifth tackle will break down and we'll, we'll have the kicker wrapped up and you'll shovel something out the back and before we know it, there's three on one out wide because everyone switched off. Yeah, they're happy. They're, they're like, oh, the job's over. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you're seeing just such like childish errors. Like Daniel Saifidi's just, you know. Hey, what's happened to him? Dro- dropping a cold. Hmm. As, as like he's got the yips or something like that. Yeah, that's what it feels like with Daniel. It feels like he's absolutely got the yips. He's just inside his own head at the moment. Yeah, it's like, can we get some vision of him on an iPad, like, where in, in some games where he's, like, capable of, like, terrorising opposition middles and just, like, <laughs> trying give to me, give me, torture that vision? Give him his 2021 20, origin highlights, or his 2020 origin highlights. Yeah, show that, them, you know. Mm, look how good you can be. Be this but he, was ripping, he was ripping apart, you know, Christian Welsh and all these guys. Yeah. It's actually really funny, Harry, that you should um, ref- uh, mention the 2020 Broncos. Uh, one of our good friends at Harvey G um, had actually been mentioning to us his concerns that they were playing like a team that had almost been coached by Seabold, where you sort of felt like they're being overcoached in a lot of ways in the way that they're um, they're out there, like they're too afraid to make, they're too afraid to be out of out of place, or and so that's they, they just don't know what to do. That certainly looked the case in the in the Dragons game where the call was they looked a bit timid. Like, they were creating a lot of chances, but they never evolved to anything more than chances. And there was just this, at certain times, they were just not willing to screw it, let's do this or let's do that. Yeah. In that first half against the Cowboys, there was a period where they started to get a little bit of second phase play and all of a sudden that, hey, let's just roll. Let's just play off the back of it. Like, let's – because they're stru- like their set plays, like, for the most part, are pretty rubbish. Like, <laughs> yeah. their best football is offload, go wide. Yeah, yeah. That's their best football. Like, just do more of that. And when they did that in the first half, they were able to sort of get on top in certain parts and, you know, put on three tries. Like, and, that, and, that's, and, and, the, and that's the thing with our attack. We play really well downhill. You know, when, when, we, when we are rolling a little bit, we can play some really good football. But the moment we need to create something, you know, without having a big advantage in the middle, there's no ideas. There's literally no, not an idea. They're not happy grinding. And I know that's such a, um, you know, 2022 cliche football, but they really aren't happy to be in the arm wrestle. No. Um, the, it seems like, it seems to me, and they'll probably, like, tell, tell me till they're blue in the face that I'm wrong, but, and perception's reality, but it looks as though they are, well, you know what, if it's our day and we get on top and we have a good win, well, that's enough. Yeah. But it's not enough to, you know, dig in when it's, you know, because if you want to be truly great, like that's what it takes is when it is hard, like you enjoy that 
and they just yeah no they're just happy to it, it seems they're just happy to you know oh it's our day it's our day i was thinking and, the other day it's not, it's not. other and teams seem to other teams seem to have the ability like when we're when we are in a grind we sort of we sort of put some effort into it. You know, we really we really muscle up in the middle and we can grind okay. But to me, the other teams seem to know that we won't hurt them. So they conserve energy. For that period of the time when we're playing through the middle, they'll conserve energy. You know, even they'll they'll play through the middle to conserve their energy throughout, you know, throughout their side, knowing that eventually we'll crack. And then when we do crack, they're full of energy to come running out of the top of us. Yeah, and I think I think that's such an insulting thing to say about a football team when you're like, Oh yeah, you know you'll run over the top of them. And even when we were leading 16-12, the other night I was like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll still lose, like because, <laughs> like we just will, like you know, because it only takes, you know, it only takes one push of the door, and it's a jar, and then you know, it's just, it looked as though on some of those, uh, on that kick defences, though everyone was looking as though it's someone else's job, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ball watching, like a lot of ball watching. Yeah. Bredo, that um, that um, opposition sort of like conserving energy in the grind to wait to run over the top of the, the Manly game. That you, you just yeah, perfectly absolutely. described the Manly absolutely. game. And, and the Dragons game too. The Dragons were on top most of the game, but when we did get back into the game, I they seen us just they seen us just playing one out. So you could see it. They weren't playing adventurous themselves. They were thinking we'll just play this for ten minutes. We'll keep the score as is, and eventually they'll they'll make a mistake, they'll miss a tackle, whatever, and we'll score. And that's exactly what happens. And teams know that when they score against us, that we can see back to back all the time, nearly every week. You know, we can see back to back. Oh just... yeah, absolutely. Back to back sets, not even like just back to back four pointers. Like literally, yeah. like can see points in the next set. Like... Yeah, like, that's right. You know, the amount of times that we have we've scored off the kickoff, we've sorry conceded off the kickoff set, has to be nearly NRL record levels. Yeah, it just seems like it's happening a lot. Newcastle are the premiers. Boys, I um I want to jump around from a few. I want to get into some of the weekend's action so that we can uh, get that out of the way before we really do start to um you know cannibalise our team like any good rugby league fan uh, <laughs> likes to do. Um, a couple a couple of things that sort of jumped out at me um over the weekend. I actually want to sort of go all the way back to Thursday night. Get I want to get your take on this, fellas. Is is Andrew sorry? Is Adam Reynolds the difference? between the Broncos or the Rabbitohs making the eight this year. Is that how significant his signing is? I don't I don't think so in terms of I don't think I still don't think the Broncos will make the eight. I still think South will, but what I think is it's closed the gap significantly. So if Reynolds plays for South, I think South are a top four team and Brisbane are a bottom two team. I think South are probably a seventh or eighth team, and Brisbane are a tenth or eleventh team. I think that's the gap close. I. The funny thing is, from like this kind of line of thinking, right about Reynolds is like that bigger difference, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, South thought he was shit, this and that." Well, they didn't think he was going to no, be this no. year. Yeah, they, no, they didn't. They, they were planning for the future. That's yeah. right. And to, me, to me, this being Dimitri's first year, it was kind of like not a throwaway year, but it was a year that we're not going to win the cop next year. Let's, you know, let's get our young half back into first grade. Let's sort of build the next team. That's what it felt like with South. 
And they didn't they didn't anticipate that Cody Walker's form was going to fall yeah, off the cliff. Yeah, that's right. No, no. And also, yeah, no they thought they'd have Latrell Mitchell, you know, during at the time. They didn't think he'd be out for two months with a hamstring um, injury. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, and even if like Reynolds was the halfback, would that slow down their handling errors, which have been no, that's right, correct. Yeah, yeah, that's right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's. A little bit everyone's figuring them out, plus your halfback's not as good, plus you're making too many errors, and all of a sudden you're just not the the juggernaut that you once were. But with with a young halfback, there's no doubt in the offseason their game plan was built around Cody and Latrell. You know, their entire attack would have been built around Cody and Latrell doing Cody and Latrell things, and obviously Latrell's hardly played, and Cody's, you know, been awful, to be frank. You know, so that's... The, that's that's their entire game plan out the window with the young halfback. Like it's just Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds would stop the slide as much. They wouldn't be struggling as much as they are. They'd probably steal a few games that they've lost. But it, to me, it doesn't switch. Yeah, you know, switch the roles. The Brisbane are now better than South long term. No, I do think South missed the eight though. Yeah, see, I, I said because I said this in our I said this in our season preview where I sort of said because remember, Bredo, you and I were asking who, who's the team that you just can't get a read on. Like, who's the one who's either going to be top four or, or bottom four? And and you sort of said Manly, and, and I said Souths, because, yeah, you, you just didn't know how they were going to react to the loss of Gagai, Bennett, and Reynolds. But by the same token, you were like, well, they've got the talent there that they should be able to compensate for it. So um, for me, like, I, I, I rated them as a top four team at the beginning of the year, but I, I think they're probably... They're where they're supposed to, as as Ben would say, Ben Darwin would say, they're, they're performing where they're supposed to be performing at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. But as I but as I said previously, like I just really, really do feel that their game plan is built around Cody and Latrell, and I'm just pinning my hopes to Latrell coming back and Cody. You know, and Cody, the thing is, that we've got a player like Cody needs one great game. If Cody just had a game where he carved someone up, I think he'd be back. And also, I think it's affected everything with them, you know. Blake Taff was supposed to be their, their number 14 coming on with defences are tied running through defences, but now he's getting bashed at fullback, you know. Mm. I think it's really, really cha- – and, and yeah, and Harry was spot on. Like, Reynolds doesn't stop the mistakes they made in the middle. The middle – their middles have been really, really ordinary this year. Really ordinary. Harry? And, yeah, and Mark, Mark Nichols is a plotter, but Mark Nichols missing, I think, hurts him too. Oh, that's, a, that's 100% true. Um, you know, Nichols is like, I mean, he's the glue um, yeah. of of that middle. And yeah, Cam Murray's fantastic. Colin Matungi's a handful every time he gets the football. But it just feels like, you know, um, like Totola's not as good no. this year, you know. so And when those guys have seasons like last year where they perform over their salary cap value, um, and then they get a bump up in pay or whatever as a result of that. Well, now they're now they're giving you yeah. less than what they're. Yeah. Their Which is a big night issue. That's a real night issue, isn't it? You know, like guys will have a good season, we'll, we'll bump their pay, and they'll go back to the previous form. Oh, by the way, speaking of like salary cap values and stuff like that, this this myth that like all of a sudden now like David Clemmer is like one of the worst, like most overpaid players in the comp. It's like. Um, when he signed that five-year deal, he was like, yeah. the best, there was the best prop in the game. And yeah, no one batted an eyelid at that no. contract. No. Like, no one. No. Well, the, why, I said I said to someone the other day, I talked about the Clemmer contract, 
in my comparison, he's about on the pretty much the exact same money as Jai Arrow. I know who I'd prefer out of those two at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jai Arrow is not even a walk-up start, like, to no. to start for no. um, the Rabbitohs. So, I mean, he, I mean, he's been pretty decent, but, like, what is his best position? Like, is he best served playing? Oh, he's a lot. He's a lot forward for mine, but he won't play like it's house, obviously. But to me, he's a lot forward. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe they just don't have the right pieces. Like, yeah, you know, and like, it, and I agree with that. I think the South have got the wrong players playing in the wrong positions because their their squad built the wrong way. Yeah. Harry, before we um, before we jump on, uh, before we leave this game, um, Bredo's thoughts on the Broncos are uh, pretty clear. Um, <laughs> you, mate, are they uh, are they top eight or are they just treading water until they play tougher opposition? That's a really good question. I like a lot of their team. Yeah, like, they've got a lot of strikeout wide. Yep, they're young, but they've got a lot of strikeout wide. It's just they're starting hooker minutes and who plays six outside of Reynolds. Um, until they solve that. See, my big thing not, is three, yeah, three, three quarters of their spine's rubbish. That's my big thing. Three quarters of their spine's rubbish. Well, if Tamari Martin's, you know. Oh, see, that's the thing with Tamari yeah, Martin. If, if he, he keeps he, doing what he's doing. To me, he's sure, a good one for the time footballer. You know, like, yeah, that's the thing. Tamari might surprise me, but I, I just don't see this continuing. Well, that's right, yeah. Like, you know. Is it is it going to be like you know a nice month of football and then you know come the end of July we're going well well geez you know that's that's run out but yeah um, yeah yeah, it, yeah just the the six and the nine the big problems for me. Boys, um, we saw something on Friday night. Well, you didn't, Harry. Um, but the rest of us saw something on Friday night that um, that we haven't uh, seen for a few years. Uh, the Panthers, and full strength as well. So there's, there's, this was a legitimate victory. Um, Panthers lost 20-22 to 22 to the uh, ever-unpredictable Parramatta Eels. Um, what do you take from this game, boys? I did a tweet, and the other reason I ask, I did a tweet after the game. I said... The Eels like to beat up on the small clubs like us. They like to get beaten up by the small clubs like the Cowboys. But they'll step out the next week and they'll just put on this absolute world-beating performance and um, touch – well, not touch up, but certainly hand the Panthers uh, a rare home loss. What, 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 are you, what, what are your takes from, from this result? See, to me, the result like that should frustrate Parramatta fans. Yes, because he just he just proves they should be playing with the big boys every week. Correct, and they should Absolutely. have been playing with the big boys, and they should have been playing with the big boys every week for the last couple of years. Storm, um, and, the, Storm and the Panthers have had one loss each this year, and they've both been to the uh, to the Eels. Yeah, and then and that's the thing. Parramatta, I just talked about how I think South are poorly built. I think Parramatta are really well built. You know, they've got all the key pieces are, are spot on, absolutely perfect. You know, they've got a great hooker. Seven and six are both really good. Great fullback, you know they've got the middle sensational. When they when they get their outside backs back, they'll be great too. You know they're built so well, but they just have this. I don't know if it's the coach's fault or what it is. They just have this mental fragility, and it's not the fact they 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 break in games. Sometimes they just take them out of the locker room. Harry, I I think that's all legitimate, as you might say, K-Dog. <laughs> Very much legitimate. And it would be frustrating, but the best kind of problem to have is this problem that yeah. Parramatta fans have. Um, yeah. To me, waking up and seeing that result, they're premiership contenders. 
Yeah. You know what? So what? They'll lose to the Tigers at home. Like, that's <laughs> but, you know what? If you win enough, get into the eight. Like, you know, as a re- you know, they so should. To me, enough. to me, but you've got to, you've got to make the top four with Melbourne and Penrith, and with Melbourne and Penrith at the top of the table, you've got to make the four. You I can't be running through. They you can't finish, be running through both of them. If they if they finish in the top four, then they're absolutely a good, like, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree a winner because you, you don't agree. just you don't just win versus Melbourne and Melbourne or at Penrith Park when they were 21 and 0 if you're not yeah. a contender. So for me, yeah. they've just got to get to the four. And See, that's, they're, that's they're, actually they're the dark horse of the competition. Agreed. See, that's, actually, that's actually why I think those smaller, those, those losses actually hurt Parramatta. I, I think to win this comp, you know, you, you don't need, you need to be top two. I actually don't think you need to be top four because you need to be, accumulating those losses, uh, sorry, those wins throughout the season, not so to, that you're just in a good position in come finals, but that you're making it harder for your for your the opposition as well. And so if you can get one of either the Storm or the Panthers out of one of those top two positions, it just puts that little bit of added pressure back onto them that you don't have to worry about. So that, that's actually why I think those small losses really hurt them more is because, yeah, they, they just... They've got that potential and that talent and that ability there to be a top two team that you know should be their grand final day, but they just um, they let themselves down. Guys, there's there's only one other thing that I really do want to talk about before we um, uh, before we move on to to the Knights game, and it's it's hard. And look, the three of us here, we have to talk about this. It's it's hard not to spend a bit of time on the Sharks Warriors uh, game for a few reasons. Um, and again, I guess you sort of ask, what, what does this result, what did yesterday's result say more about? Did it say more about the Sharks as a unit or did it say more about the Warriors as a team? What, what's the, what are your takes in terms of the 29 to 10 uh, win by the Sharks, a man down for the majority of the game? Bredo? I'll, I'll jump in and say, I, th- I think, yeah, it's a, it's a nothing on the Warriors, but I think it's a big, big, big plus for the Sharks. Absolutely. I think, I think the Sharks took that game away from them. The, yeah, the Warriors, because the Warriors didn't play great, but they didn't play pathetic. You know, they weren't handing the ball over all the time. They weren't, you know, they weren't making dumb errors. Cronulla just ground them down to the point where they did what teams like us and the Warriors do. We break eventually. And Cronulla, to me, Cronulla just proved out, because they've always got points in the Cronulla. they got plenty of points in them. They just proved to me how tough they are too. Uh, I think there's a lot of confirmation bias of what the Warriors and the coach are. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I, I was watching that game yesterday. Um, and even when Will Kennedy got sent off, I was like, no, nah, we're all good. They're all good. They'll be sweet. Um, and then when Ramian went off, I was like, you know what? I still don't think the Warriors are going to score. Um, and then when they, the first time they defended their line, with 11 blokes, I just think, yeah, they're fine. They're done. They're yeah. going to win this. They're going to yeah. win it. Even if it, even if the scoreline stayed at 16-10, they were just going to find a way because they were finding ways. And the thing that was very visible through the screen was just how much each little play galvanised the team. Like, yeah. you, had, like yeah. you had Andrew Fafita was hungry. Mm. You know, like he was... While while he's not you know peak Andrew for feet of it, he was hard, like his enthusiasm really spurred them on. Um, Teague Wilton made a number of like crucial tackles on an edge, and is a really underrated player in that team. 
Um, but yeah, you could see the hunger that they had. And when they had the ball, it wasn't conservative one-out stuff. They were using the ball. Like yeah. they would, they were going to die wondering or they were yeah. not going to die wondering, you know what I mean? And that was just, as a casual footy fan watching that game, geez, it was nice to see. And honestly, you should cut that second half up and send it to Knights HQ and go, like you want to see what putting your body on the line and how infectious it can be and how fun defending can be. Yeah. Watch that. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, the longer Cronulla were in the game, the more they wanted to win, you know. They just – the belief grew and grew and grew to the point where they were rocking and rolling. You know? they had, the, the eyes were spinning in, uh, in the head like the poker machine. They were just, like, so switched on that we are not going to lose this game. And to me, that was a bit of how we were in round one against the Roosters. The longer in front of that yeah. Roosters game, the confidence grew and the boys lifted. And <laughs> You know, and, and obviously in our recent games, we've gone behind basically from the kickoff and the, and the confidence is gone. Like, it just – confidence is such an amazing thing, isn't it, you know? And then the, the Warriors, they just wilted. Like, it's, the more Cronulla lift the, the tempo, the Warriors, the more they wilted. I will I admit, it. a quick – sorry to cut you off. No, no, go, no, um, go, Harry. When I played footy in the under-16s, um, we played a team who they only travelled with 13 players and then a few minutes into the game, one of their players broke their legs. So they played the rest of the game with 12. And we did a Warriors. We dick-fingered our way around. And, like, we played, like, terribly because we kept thinking, yeah, we'll win, we'll win. They're down to 12 now. And we lost 20 to 18. Like, we just kept coming up with unforgivable errors, you know, and just kept doing stupid shit, you know. And I've been on that Warriors and it is deflating. Like yeah. they, they they see their season will probably nosedive off the back of that. And and I think that psychological element as well, in terms of because you see it a lot in uh, in in soccer in football where team goes down to ten men and the ten that are left on the field they just galvanise and yeah. so they they sort of they go right well, this is backs up against the wall stuff now we've got to we've got to tighten up in defense and we we'll just see if we can take our chances when they when they present but i, I, I absolutely i want to go back to what you boys were saying just about the way the sharks were playing it wasn't even as if they were just playing in a manner where they're like oh we're really now we really want to 13 players 12 players, they look like they were enjoying themselves yeah they didn't like look every every minute of that game not once did you look at them and they were thinking, fuck, we're buggy. No, you looked at them and they were like, you got Toby Rudolph dancing off on the sidelines waiting to come on. They look like a team that is just enjoying playing their footy at the moment. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to run into them late in the year. Um, it's funny, hey, like I thought they were sort of a you know, fringe, fringe top eight side, sort of, you know, like a, a decent chance to, to yeah, you know, does. finish somewhere fifth to eighth. But, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're finishing third or fourth. Yeah, easy, I easy. I had them missing the eight um, earlier this year, if only because um, I still wasn't convinced about. Um, like I, I thought they'd recruited really well, but you just weren't sort of sure about. Like you know, what was what was Aiden Tolman going to do? What was Andrew Fafita going to do? Bardo um, try versus the Knights. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing as well was I was never convinced about the half, and I know this will sound like I'm only saying this because I have an agenda, but fuck it, everyone does that in rugby league. Yeah. I'm still not convinced about Nico Hines. I think I think Nico Hines is playing a perfectly um, um, so, solid, good season. But is he a genuine halfback in the oh, traditional think, sense? And the answer yeah. is no. 
Yeah, but I think he's a damn good football. So to, to me, the Nico Hines thing proves how good a coach Craig Fitzgibbon is, because he because he knows he hasn't got a genuine halfback, yep, and the game plan and the game plan is built around having two five eights. Yes, there you go. Uh, Perfect. Um, I want to ask you a bit more about Craig Fitzgibbon's coaching. Uh, you know, he, he sort of came into first grade, you know, taking that head coach role. He had the reputation, you know, sort of he had a lot of the Adam O'Briens about him in terms of, well, this is the next cab off the ranks. This is the next one, the next coach that everybody sort of wants. I mean, are you, are you surprised by the results that he's managed to, managing to get out of this team or is he doing something different to it? How obviously Fitzgibbon's having an influence on this team, the way they're playing, but um, is, is it something you think he can maintain for the season? Has he ridden his Where is Craig Fitzgibbon, you know, 10, nine or 10 games into his, in his first grade coaching career? My surprise with the Fitzgibbon thing is not the X's and O's version of it, because he's, you know, he's always had the reputation that he's, he does a lot of the actual coaching at the Roosters, and Robbo's the sort of, you know, the, the, the puppet master as, as such. My my surprise with with Fitzy is that his players already will die for him. Like, you yeah. know, you can see on the weekend, like his plays from, from week one, like even if they got beat by Canberra in week one, they didn't play well, but they were really committed. And that, those guys, you know, it's like he's been their coach for 10 years. They're, they're already willing to die for him. And that's, to me, that's been a surprise. A lot of veterans there, you know, that are sort of been quite happy to just take a paycheck and they're, they're not, mate. They're, they're putting, you know, the body right on the line. Um, interesting uh, sort of how he got to the club. Um, I thought it was a very aggressive move last year what they did sacking a you know an a- adequate first grade coach mm. you know had done reasonably well and a lot of the i mean i hate to use a well brownie gets some credit kind of line of thinking but like a lot of those like the newtown guys like will kennedy and um teague wilton and, and guys like that like um sifatalakai is not at the sharks if it's not for john morris like john morris does deserve a lot of credit mm. but he had a ceiling and the Sharks were aggressive, and when it was like, oh, yep, they've punted him, they've given up basically on their 2021 season because they believe in – like, straight away I just went, huh, okay, they've got a – okay, like someone, like someone who knows what they're doing yeah, has huge belief in him. Like, it's a ballsy move, but, you know – Aggressive wins in sports. No, I don't. When, I don't when, that, when that happened, everyone thought that they were clearing the path for Bellamy, didn't they? Because everyone knew they wanted Bellamy. Yes. Yeah, because I'd spoken to him. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and everyone was like, "Well, they, they're going for Bellamy." When Bellamy didn't didn't happen, everyone said, "Oh, they've, you know, they've, they've kicked themselves in the balls here." But no, they um they went straight on to Fitzgibbon, and yeah, you're right. Someone really believed in him because they latched onto him, and they built the entire. Even last year, like the way they played last year was preparing themselves for this year. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Righto, boys. We've spoken about enough good stuff in rugby league. It's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, shitty stuff that is the Newcastle Knights. Um... 
Round nine, the uh, Saturday night, 7.30pm game up at Townsville, the beautiful Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, I did not get to see this game live. I um, I was offered a wedding. It was a very delightful occasion in Newcastle, if I can say. What I do know is that we were down six points to nil after two minutes, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was probably never happier than I was at that stage that I wasn't watching the game. Um, uh, Bretto, you've sort of um, preempted it. We're, we're a team that these days we're beaten at the kick, like at or not shortly after the kickoff. Like it's just, it's just almost as if we we need to wait until we're beaten before we start doing something in in, in any game. Yeah, hundred percent. We just we just come out of the block slow. But one thing I will say, that first try was no try. It, it was a double movement for your life. It was oh, a great tackle. It was a great tackle from KP that stopped him cold just short of the line, and he just and and how that's gone up as no try and come back as try is beyond me. But once again, what do we do? You know, we end up getting back together late in the half, but it's straight after that we fucking spat the dummy straight away, didn't we? You know, we we did not look like it for the for the next sort of ten or fifteen minutes. It's just, it's just week after week after week. Yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly what happened. I thought, I thought live when Dean scored, I wasn't sure. I thought it was momentum live, and maybe that's the best way to rule on double movement. Just go, okay, well, if, unless it's glaringly obviously. But then when you watch that replay, the behind the camera angle, I thought he clearly promoted the ball. Mm. Like, you know, he stopped dead. The momentum stopped. KP stopped him dead cold. He, yes. he then moved. He then moved forward because the tackle sort of carried on. But he clearly lifted that arm after he'd stopped. And because that's the that's the issue with the double movement, isn't it? Everybody always talks a lot about momentum, which which absolutely plays its part. I'm not, but the point is, is that with your double movement, as I understand it, and I'm not going to lie to you, when it comes to rugby league rules, I'm probably a bit sketchy. But my understanding is, once the ball carrying arm touches the ground, you can't you can't change the way you're holding that arm anymore. No, that's, exactly. That has to be as locked into that position. And Ponga still, if Ponga had a hand on him. Yes. So that's a completed tackle. You cannot promote the football from there. You cannot pass it. You cannot advance it to score a try. I mean... Oh, it's I'm... actually... Could I just say one thing on, on that rule? It's act, yeah. And it's actually... You, to me, it used to be ruled on incorrectly. They used to rule that if you still have momentum, you can lift that arm forward, which is yes. not the rule. No. The rule is if, you, if the momentum takes you into the end goal, you know, you can then move your arm to put the ball on the ground, but you can't, you can't lift it before you get to that end goal. End. I remember... I remember watching the Knights play 20 years ago. It was another game where I think Andrew Johns was out injured. And so we were struggling for points at the best of times. And Sean Rudder had a breakaway, or not a breakaway, but he'd broken the line. He was running in goal. Anyway, he sort of, he does move his arm, but his entire body finishes in the the um, the, 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 the in goal. And they ruled a double movement on that, regardless of the fact that all the momentum anyway took him in there. But because after he'd landed, he'd still reached out with his arm and changed position. They said, look, that's a, technically a double movement. So, yeah, it's 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 another funny one in rugby league that um, where the consistency is the inconsistency of the way that it's ruled. Oh, mate, with, with footy, I think, I think the sooner that people just go, okay, well, whatever the rules are on the day, like we've just got to do our best to get the job yeah. done because that's just... That's just the way pro sports work. But And that's, that's the thing. Sports I've, I've said that before. You cannot go into every game going, the game's going to be officiated perfectly. 
Because you're going to be against it. Yeah, you've got to react to the decisions. If you knock the ball on, if your opposition knocks the ball on and they don't call it, you've got to be ready for that. Oh, Reece Walsh knocked one on cold yesterday, but because his back was facing the goal line, the the referee was like, no, knock back. Yeah. He dropped it forward though. You know? <laughs> the, the one, the one where Penrith, where Kickout dropped the ball leading up to the try, dropped a knock on cold, and then Penrith scored the next tackle. Parramatta didn't spit the dummy. Parramatta came back and scored yeah, to, to retake yeah. the lead. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm. percent. Now, I mean, you know, you know, we sort of surprisingly we did manage to get back into the game, and it's easy to overlook the fact that um, injuries aside. We still need to give a massive shout out to Dominic Young. He's having a tremendous season. He was, I think, he scored every game that he played for us before he got injured. Oh no, he didn't score in the in the Manly game because he did get oh, that, injured. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a try. Um, but Dominic Young, this kid who, when he started the season, we were like, Phew, the only reason he's starting is because others aren't available. He's he's one of your first backs pick now. He's having a tremendous season. Yeah, hundred percent. He's you know, there's to me there's three clear on that wing spot. When Heimel's back, Heimel, Edric Hunt, there you three. However you sort of whatever order they're in is the sort of, you know, is, is up for debate. But he's definitely in that top three of those of those wingets. You know, he's gone ahead of an Ari Tuala for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that he's a guy that especially in a season like this, which looks lost already, just play him every week. Just play him every week. Because because we're not really clicks for him, man, he's gonna be he's gonna be dangerous. Mm. Well, you called it, Brad. You said he was going to get in the side and, and not give his spot back. I mean, you didn't think he was going to be, like, starting round one, but, I mean, half of what you said pre-season was right, that he's not going to give that spot back. Like, he's um, he's got a body that's just built for, you know, being a pro athlete. Like, even yes. if he's not, like, a rugby league player, yeah, yeah. He, he, he could be... He's a Jamaican, that Jamaican bloodline, you know, it just... Yeah, he could be, like, a high jumper or, like, yeah, he could, yeah, yeah. Like he could yeah, or a long jumper, you know, like, he's just a big, tall power athlete. Uh, and when it clicks for him, yeah, he's um he's going to be something, man. Like, like how a Twitter DM just led to, like, you know, leads yeah. to this. Like, yeah. you know, but, you know, people, people will scream and say, no, we should just, you know, promote the young blokes in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> like, Harry, I want to, hang on, I want to go back there. Sorry, I, I, yeah. I'm... I'm actually not familiar with the Twitter DM story, and I'm assuming if I'm not, there's got to be at least one other person. Oh, no, no, not a DM story, but just this whole line of thinking, like you know that you know only locals like should be. Oh, promoted. sorry, sorry, like, sorry. like yes. through the through the Knights Junior system, like no one, we're not allowed to go out and look for talent to bring into the system. It has to come from like if it comes any further west than you know Walls End or you know any further north than Port Macquarie, like then you know they're dead to us as a fan base. And it's like, well, that's it's, silly. It's funny you should mention that, Harry, because one of the things that, and I guess we got, um, we got amazing uh, feedback to our, um, to our episode with, uh, with Ben last week. Um, one of the things that I sort of found the most surprising about it, and just off the back of what you've sort of said there was, and maybe I, how do I say this? I don't think I misinterpreted um what Ben was saying in terms of, you know, uh, growing your juniors and, and, and having as many connect. But my take from what he had to say in terms of building a cohesive team wasn't that you just have to go, well, we've got to look after our juniors. It's about if you're going to construct a team, you need to put it together a team that knows how to work well with one another. So if that means you're bringing in players from outside, well, they need to know how they're going to fit 
and and work within that team. But you know, why don't you bring two or three other players who are used to playing together? It's it's about putting those combinations together. So I thought it was it was to me it seemed. I understand where the, oh, we've got to go back to juniors idea comes from. But my take from what Ben was saying wasn't that, well, no, you just need to invest in juniors and it'll work because juniors go elsewhere. My take from it was, is that they form a part of it, but it's not simply just moving chess pieces when it comes to building a team. What you're trying to do with a team is create those combinations and create those those sort of those units that know how to work together and if juniors are part of it okay juniors are part of it but that also involves recruiting properly to make sure that they're going to fit in with what it is you're trying to achieve what i'm i'll say on on that topic kate i reckon that without putting words in ben's mouth i really feel like a club like the roosters identify really early where they don't have a position Yes. So, so say they'll look at their 15s and they'll come through to 17s and they'll go, okay, so we've got six guys here and we've got our right winger, we've got a right centre, but we've got no right edge player. Righto, so we need to go and get a 17-year-old right edge player and plug him in with these, with these boys straight away. And they'll identify it at that age. So then so then they'll play, you know, 18s together, they'll, you know, they'll play fleg together and then they're ready for first grade together. That's the difference. It's identifying your holes at those junior levels and not then trying to plug them in in first grade. And it just feels like that that's something the Knights don't do. We sort of – I always get the feeling with the Knights – the Knights recruitment to me feels very reactive in terms of they do what a lot of other clubs do, do, which is just, well, what's the best available out there? As opposed to looking, well, what's the what's the biggest need that we have at the moment or what's the – you know, or we're going to have into the future that we can start looking at now? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and even, even at full strength – We've got no combinations, really. We've got so many guys that have been in and out over the last two or three years. Even our best 17, I wouldn't say there's a set combination on either either edge with you. No. Harry? Yeah. Recruitment is funny. Like, I mean, like, we, we go, oh, you know, like someone like Jay Clifford, we went, oh, yeah, we need a six. Boom, go get a six. And sometimes it is that easy, and then that becomes, you know, you win a premiership, like, Cronulla went, yep, we're good, but we need James Maloney at five back. Boom, we went and get him, done. But a lot of the times it's not that simple. Like you just don't, all oh, right, well, whatever's available, we get. Um, look at the Dolphins, man. Like whatever's available, like you just can't go and get. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot more complex than, okay, we'll just take this bloke, this bloke, this bloke. You do have to be more strategic. You do have to, okay, well, this lot of 15-year-olds coming through, where are we deficient? This lot of 17, like, hey, in that age group, where are we deficient? Like, where do we, you know, do we need a six? Do we need a halfback? Is it a fullback that we're lacking in that area? Are we really oh, are we really deep in the forward pack in this age group? And, and, you know, what I would love to see is, like, a trade system where it's like, oh, yeah, shit, like, we've got a dearth of middles, like, in our 18s, you know, Jersey flag team, like, you know, could we trade, like, you know, take a punt on a fullback or something like that, you know, some kind of crazy system, but... It, you know, it, you know it, what I find really strange? We've got, a, we actually, in our club, we've actually got a dearth of quality nights, but none of them are ready for first grade. Like, yeah, we, we, well, we, we've, you know, we've got, we've got heaps of quality nights around our system, but we've only got one at first grade level so far. It's, mm. um, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know, but for some reason, we've, we've got a massive hole between first grade and Jersey Fleet. They're just not that that middle, you know, that reserve grade standard guy 
that's ready for first grade that we have, and I don't know if that's you know the brown era wasn't done properly. I don't know why, but we we just don't have that link. We just don't have that link between good kids and good first graders. Well, I think actually now that you bring that up, maybe that was part of the mistake of that era, right? Was we just oh, who's available? Mm. Oh, let's just sign them a little bit. Um, you know, if the Mitchell Pierce comes onto the market at that age the way he did, yeah, you're signing. Like, you're not going to not sign him. But um, perhaps maybe there should have been, you know, I mean, I mean, like, and as well, like, it's easy to sit here and say now, but the fans, you know, we were, like, dying just for, like, some kind of semblance of a winner as well. Mm. Yeah. But maybe if, like, you start being more strategic earlier, like, oh, I don't know, like our, our cap situation for years was diabolical. So, I mean, maybe that is part of it too, that you just can't, like, you can't afford to be patient. Like once your cap becomes clear again, you know, you are going to be, oh, let's sign Mitchell Pierce and let's sign Aiden Guerra and let's sign David uh, Clark. Have we gone too far the other way, but where we're so cautious about not ruining our cap that we don't jump on opportunities? I think so, 100%. I think we are. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely something going on with our recruitment in terms of, um, I mean, you look at the names that we did miss out on earlier this year. You just, what am I, how do I say it? Like, I don't want to, like, I don't think our recruiting is bad. I don't think it's great. I just, I just feel like our recruitment has been misfiring. Like, oh, when we link to a player, there's no, yeah, no, we've got it in the bag. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if a player is linked with, like, I don't know, and and some clubs are you know more hit and miss than others. But um, if a player's been you know quartered by you know, j- chances are they're going to sign mm. more or less. You know. Just quickly on the Dolphins, though, Harry, I've got to, while I'm thinking about, it, I have to say it. Um, Wayne Bennett is either doing one of his best poker faces he's ever done throughout his entire career, or He's absolutely confident. He actually is absolutely confident in what they're doing, and we don't know what's going on in the background. Because, yeah, for all intents and purposes, it looks like their recruit the recruitment for the Dolphins is going very far south in terms of what they anticipated. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think they're doing the best they can with a very very poorly put together situation. Like yeah. no team was going to be put together in a mat like they were never going to be a contender from day one the way they've been set up it was mm-hmm. like it was oh you know we want a 17th team for more money fuck it let's just red cliff you have a team without and, and everyone just said oh wayne will fix process. it it was it was such a case of oh, wayne's going there wayne will fix it yeah it yeah, definitely no, feels like yeah. they thought wayne will wayne will wayne will recruit it for us yeah no. and then the, the media media portrayed it that way you know all the kp stuff all the um the Reese Walsh stuff going under there, like it was all. No one can say wait, no to Wayne. Wayne will get him every once. That was that was the narrative. Boys, I want to jump back onto the game again. You've already touched on it um, earlier, Harry, when you said we we went into the break sixteen to twelve up. Um, you, as a Knights fan, particularly given the last seven weeks, you never really felt confident that we were going to carry on with it. That. Uh, when I saw the halftime score, there was probably a part of me that was that thought we've probably played our best forty minutes of the you know of the last two months. In that forty minutes, it's unlikely that they're going to be able to replicate that. Yeah, I mean, my thinking was yeah, 
it will, will run out of gas because like you got a lot of guys who haven't played a lot of football in a lot of years, in like in a couple of years now. Yeah, asking them to play big roles, and then when you need everything to go right, when that happens, then nothing, it never all goes right. Do you know what I mean? And yep, then you have like Jack Johns breaks an arm. Okay, so who replaces the third or fourth string guy? You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> like what are we doing now? Like people say, oh, injuries aren't an excuse. Well, they're not, but they're a bloody reason. Like, Correct. It explains a lot. like Especially on the edge. 100%. Like, we're just, you know, that right edge is just, no wonder it's getting torn to pieces at the minute. Like, it's just, it's a revolving door of, like, you know, can you play? Like, we'll be going down the coal mine soon and soon. So does Barnett it. fix that immediately, you reckon? No. No, really? Mm, no, because, uh, like... She I hate back to this week. Yeah, yeah back I hate to. Wow, that's that's come fast. That was yeah, a quick this week. <laughs> I just remembered Magic Round was when he's due back. Yeah, uh, I hate to admit it. I, I think we've missed Barney a lot more than we sort of envisaged. With I think his I would value, agree with that, and I think I was I think I was wrong with thinking that he should never play again because the club's got the depth to, you know, like. Oh, I was with you. I would have been him. I know I was wrong on that. Happy to yeah. admit I'm wrong. Yeah, um, like you know, I was screaming for ten weeks. Man, if he had another four weeks suspended, we'd be in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> yeah, we'd be. Yeah, and I mean, like he he's just not going to come in and save life. But you know, if he comes back and then you get Gagai back, um, and then you know Clifford's feeling, you know, perhaps starts to feel himself again. Um, maybe that does turn it around, or you so get, it's, you get so you get Bruce back from the flu. Yeah, assuming no, assuming the fridge is back this week, you, you you think the forward pack immediately is uh, one of the Safs, Clem, Randall, Frizz, Fitzgibbon, and Barnett. Gee, that's looking a lot better than it has been. It is. It does look better. I, I, that yeah. Now that yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it should get Frizz back because I mean, by by all reports, he was not right to play against the Storm, but basically had to be dragged out of bed and said. If, if you don't play, like, you know, we're going to... They, they literally had no one else. They literally had no yeah. one to put on the field. You had to play, so... Yeah. Um, that is more formidable, but, like, if it's just between the years with that forward pack. It's like, mm. you guys are good footballers and you're a hell of a lot better than what the Bulldogs are going to toss up, who are a dreadful football team. <laughs> but yeah. You just, you just don't know because you can just never expect anything, but... You know, because you you got to rock up and play on the day. But that forward pack, you know, you get those two guys back in. Fitzgibbon's another week back in. And Fitzgibbon's no world beater, but he's a solid enough player. He's, he's been got, great he, for us this year. I'll tell you one thing about Fitzy. He will put it all on the line every week. And at yeah. the moment, a guy that That's just put can his, ask, man. At the moment, a guy that just put his body on the line, I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll that, tell you, Blake. I'll tell you, Blake, who is putting his body on the line for us every week. And to a certain extent, I have a lot of sympathy for people who are annoyed at us for probably promoting KP a little bit more over this bloke. Um, there's no way you promote KP over David Clemmer out of this match. I, I thought Clem was by far and away our best player on the park. And, um, yeah, I think without him, 
I think I think Saturday night is possibly a lot uh, a lot uglier than it uh, than it otherwise could have been. Yeah, like I, I mean, with with Payne Haas in doubt, surely Clemson Origin calculations. Well, he should have. He, yeah, I, I I think our horrible record probably played against him, but he's he's been a bit more like the sheriff. Yeah, absolutely. He like any. It was really him. He started to get the ball off. Like, like he started to generate the second phase play, which is normally not what he does. But that's when we started to look much better as a side. Like, he, it really he feels like it really feels like he's decided that he needs to create stuff in the middle. Now he yeah. really, he's really looking the offload. He's really trying to pick out a small man to you know, to get land on his belly and get the quick play of the ball. He really feels like that if we're going to go forward, it's going to be on the back of him. Well, um, just quietly. Um, Remember his cutout pass in the second half? Oh, my God. <laughs> Leon, 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 Leon. Thompson, the cutout, the Clem for the cutout. Front roll to front roll to, to winger. Yeah, it was something else. It didn't end well, but, like, the pass was just spot yeah. on. Yeah. It's funny to watch the way two career two careers of front rollers have gone for the Knights this season. You have David Clemmer, who got dropped to the bench last season. And, and we heard a couple of stories over the off-season that he was potentially on the outer at the Knights. Well, he's come out firing just breathing molten hot lava this year yeah it's certainly not his fault that they're gone rubbish correct yeah so he's he's taken that that sort of demotion to push him to be better whereas you look at jacob so jacob sofita he's not even a shadow of the player that won the danny badiris medal last year he's he's just fallen off a cliff so badly he's, he's plummeted down to the bottom of the ocean in front of him and sort you know, of you know what he's lost when we eventually get a good kick in off, you know, and they're trucking it out off their own line, the other side, mm. he was always last charge year charge charging up, up and yeah. putting a big tackle one shot on. Yeah. yeah. There's been none yeah. of that. There's been yeah, none of that. He's right, got him, no fire. Him, him and Barney are the two men for that. We, and yep. we've had none from Jacob, and obviously Barney hasn't been playing. Yep. And... and, and that's why our middles have been walked all over. Um, it's actually you know. it's virtually been encouraging, but Matt Croker on the weekend he tried to oh, have that terrific. right. Surely Croaks now is he's, he's now he's, seventeen. He's now yeah, 17. He, yeah, he, I was going to say yep. he's he's, he's got he's at least the fourth, a bench spot. To, to me, he's the fourth front row, and I think he should be in the team ahead of Leah Thompson at the moment. Yeah, oh, I agree with that, Harry. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought Croaks was terrific. Um, I'd, I'd really, I'd really like to see him. Um, even when Kurt Van's back, um, Fitzy starting from the bench, Barney on the edge, and Croak starting at lock. Because Croak, because Croak, because will tie out the middle, and he'll play 60, 70, 80 minutes, whatever you need from him, he'll do. I just think that you know he's the Billy Peden type, but I really do think this team needs it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I absolutely yeah. agree he with was that. Um, like they, they, they lifted when he come on the field, man. Like he. He raised the temperature in the kitchen. If you if you remember that coach, that Tigers game, which we weren't comfortable, we don't think we played well that day. Croaks was the outstanding player in that second half. Mm-hmm. The get was on track. Every time he started to drift out of the game, Croaks had really put a good run together. He put a good shot on. Yeah, to me, he's as I said, I think he's the new Billy Peden. It's funny, Matt Croker. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a bit of a journey with this boy. So sort of stay with me. Don't no, just see if you. I mean. I'm not against junior, and I don't want to track back to that. I, I'm not against the idea of promote, promoting juniors. I think what's always bothered me about the, you know, promote your local juniors is that there's been that tunnel vision approach about it. We sort of like, well, we have to 
rely on juniors. No, we don't have to rely on it. They should be one of the many recruiting tools that we have. Matt Croker, to me, is the quintessential reason as to why you want good juniors. But his mere existence is the reason we shouldn't be relying on juniors because he's the one He's one out of the box. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one that's stepping up and he's the one that week in, week out, doesn't matter what grade he's playing, as soon as he puts a Newcastle Knights jersey on, he gives more than what he's got and he demands um, attention. And at the moment, he's really the only... Not the only one, but certainly he's the he's the the one that's sort of leading the way for the rest of the rest of the the club to say you know this is how you take your opportunity and no one really seems to be following that lead. I'll tell you one thing, and you know this, Kato. You know I've been on Matt Kroger since under 15s. Correct. You know, and and people sort of think he's coming out of the box, but he was this player from 15 years years old. Oh he, no, yeah, no, no. I'm not saying he's overnight. I'm not saying. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not having a go at you. I'm just saying you know that's the people's perception of him. You know that he's just appeared out of nowhere and he's this workhorse guy that's just having a crack. But Matt Croker is an outstanding player. Mm. Like to me, he, I've, I've said under 15, I think he's a future Knights captain because he's quintessential what we all believe the Knights are and what the Knights used to be. Yep. He, he's, you know, exactly right, what they should be, you know. He's the local, he was outstanding, he played all the rep, junior reps, but he was never the star on the junior reps, He was, but he was always picked because he was always the glue in forward packs. Every forward pack he's ever been involved in. I remember watching him in under-16s and under-18s origin teams, and in a team of guys that you look at, you know, they're now stars, and he was the glue in those forward packs. And he was, ne- he was never big enough, you know, for a front row, he was really undersized, playing against you know, the other big Pacifica kids in, in the juniors. You know, you'd think he'd get monstered, but, man, that boy's all heart. And he's got skill too. We haven't seen a lot of it in first grade yet because he just comes no. on to do his job. But he's he's got skill. He's got an offload in him. He's got it. He's got some good footwork around the ruck, and he's really really good at getting between defenders and sliding over the line. Yeah, boys. Um, I mean, it was a scoreless second half on Saturday night. Uh, the the Cowboys ran over the top of us in the end. We lost Edric Lee again. who was having a great game, and fortunate. And I say fortunately this time we're we're a, we're an audio podcast, so you can't see me doing the air quotes. Um, but fortunately, it was an only an HIA as opposed to the usual Eddie Lee injury of uh, breaking some sort of bone. Um, can I ask you something? Where, where's Jack Johns's career? Is, is he at a crossroads or is this just another unfortunate injury that give him a few weeks to get fit again and um, see how he goes? He gets injured yeah, a lot. He does. And he's, uh, to me, like he's, and there's nothing wrong with it. He's just a reserve grader. Yeah, yeah. To me, to me, he's your twenty ninth, thirtieth guy in your squad. Like, that's his, that's his ceiling. He's your 29th, thirtieth man in your squad. You know, if you need him for a week or two here and there, he can do a job for you. But you can't, you can't be, you can't be your best anywhere near your best seventeen. Yeah. Um, I mean, what are your takes from this? What are your takes from this game, guys? I know, Bretto, you're. You're pumped for Magic Round. You, you give us a shot on Friday night. I'm, you know, and looking at the names that are coming back off the back of that first half uh, effort. Um, I mean, just before we do, sorry, um, close out on the game. Tex Hoy, we, we, he had a, he had another solid game. He hasn't given us a bad game this year. Where's where's he I sort it was of really at? Good. Yeah. I um I, I was off text. I, I was I was more than happy to see the back the back of him. But now I think he's now established himself as our utility half fullback in the squad. And I, I'd be more than happy for us to give him a two year extension. He's really really set up this year when needed, and he's looked dangerous. And in the I remember the trial games. You know he played quite a few. 
quite a few minutes at 5'8 and looked flat, looked like he had nothing. But no, he's really offered us something. And I'm, I'd am i be really happy, to be honest with you, if they said KP6, Texoy 1. What about is so is Texoy in Phoenix Crossland out, mate? Because yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix to me, they can't extend him. He's not a first grader. No, agreed. I don't think he's a first grader with us. I think there is still a first grader in there. But oh, I think I think, I, he's, I think he's a good Super League player. I think he's too slow. <laughs> I think he's too slow. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Harry. He's, he's got all the skills with his hands, he's but he's so time. slow. He's so slow in first grade. His hands actually glitting down because he gets rushed. Yeah. So, what are you, what are your takeaways from this game, guys? It's it's a it's an improved effort. Um, we played in pretty, um, you know, daunting conditions against a team in form in in hot, uh, humid conditions. Um, we're up in Queensland for a couple of weeks. What do you take? What are your main takeaways from the from the twenty point loss? All right. So what I sort of took away was in that the week before the the two loss, the coach said, "Going to sound crazy, but I saw signs of improvement." Yep. Um, and. You don't turn this kind of form slump around in a week. You don't just click your fingers, everyone's back. It's it's shitty old cliche, but it is one game at a time. Like, mm. and you, you can't you when you're rebuilding that brick wall, you can't you can't miss steps in it. And I thought they took good steps in, like that their effort was really high. Like, you had a new you had a new halves combination. Um, and there was a period there where they sort of got a little bit of attacking mojo back where they'll watch the, they would have watched the tape on, you know, Monday morning and they would have, you know, there would have been positives to take away from it. So you would have been reinforcing, Hey, look, look at how we set this up or, um, you know, Chris Randall's trial, like the lead up to that play, like to mm. that trial was really mm. good. Or Clem, look at look at this offload and look at what it's generating. Let's get more of that. So there was one play there in the, in the first half. Uh, Clem had an offload, and um, it, it actually the, the the shape that I hopefully I'm sure the coach has picked it out. And KP was running basically shoulder to shoulder with Tex. So Tex was running in the gap. KP was running, you know, a meter to his left, just behind him. And, it, and it, it, the defense opened up like like a like a bloody a Sydney Heads, you know, like. <laughs> because Tex run because Tex run the right line, KP had so much space, and because we did, you know, we sort of were out, we're low on confidence. We didn't take advantage of it, but if if we can get that sort of shape and regularly see that, you know, that's that's the attack and play for us. It's the it's the Clem offload. It's the guys running into holes and KP getting space on the back of it. Yeah, and I think when you sort of have the halves we do at the club, you're not going to be playing structured. No, that's a really good role. Like Adam Coyne can play that that run that whole running into the hole. Adam Coyne's not going to run your set plays and carve teams up, but he can really run a good decoy and stuff. And that's and Clifford's at his best suit, like yeah. when there's space yeah. in front of him to run. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like, and it, it's a little flawed the way that the teams put together in that there's a lot of, well, there's running halves and you know like Tex Hoyers are running, yeah. you know, spine yeah. player. Do you think Milford fixes that? Do you think Milford? I know Milford's Cano's a running player, but he's a very experienced player. Do you think he could fix that? I think if I think if there's a platform in front of him, like where we get it, where like where the second phase play, like you know, improves as it did on Saturday, I do think I'm a little intrigued, you know, because he can be named next week. 
Um, yeah. I don't know if he comes straight back in, but but I think he comes back in via fourteen. I think we did. We you know they'll play him as as fourteen. And let's face it, if the choice out of him or Phoenix at fourteen, oh, it's, it's no chance, no chance. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's the thing. Like you know, you just think about it. If, if it was against us, if I had Milford and KP running at me from the same side, that's going to put a bit of panic into defenses. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, like no one's losing sleep at Phoenix Crossland. Hmm. Boys, just before we move on to some questions, I actually do want to get your take on this, uh, Harry. Um, Barry, too, is reporting over the weekend that despite the fact that he hasn't actually played a game for us yet, there's already talk about the Knights looking to see if they can extend Milford beyond this year. Good move, bad move, too early to tell? Way too early to tell. Yeah, it, it seems you know, like a weird... You know what that is? That's a bad team leaking something that they really shouldn't. It's like this is what yeah. bad teams do. And we, we never used to learn. Awesome we weren't way. leaking. We weren't leaking for the last two months. No, hundred percent. Why has the story been put out here? That's like interesting, and that this is me literally reacting in live time because I didn't know about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just seems odd. It's like who's the market for milk? He's only got one other suitor. That's one million dollars. To me, I want. I wonder, and the, this is you know maybe me being a Knights fanboy. I wonder whether the club are just saying to Milford, we've got confidence in you, buddy. You know, we really think that you've got, you know, that you're a genuine first grader. We'll play, we'll pay you like one if you can prove to us you are. There, that's the only rationale. But I, but I, but I also think it's a bit of a panic because we desperately, we definitely need halves, and there's no halves on the market. You need some good news, and you've you've lost yeah. seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Barry too, he needs to put something in his column because you know he's not he's not the insider he was. So. You are listening to the Bay 53 Podcast. Righto, boys. I think um, that's another loss that we uh, we put into the um, the waste paper um, basket memories of uh, of, of Knight's uh, law. We'll move on to some listener questions now. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on uh, the way you look at um, uh, Ben's input in our last episode, we, we ran out of time to go through all of the questions um, that we actually wanted to go through last week. So we're going to, we're going to, if if you were listening for your questions in the last episode and you didn't hear them, hopefully we'll we'll get to them this week. Um, I want to ask this question uh, first of all to you, Harry. This is Mfro One uh, on Instagram. He wants to know: Is is the taking the two theory a fact? Um, I'd assume this is off the back of the fact that we um, we we we've scored four penalty points at uh, at home over our last two games. But uh, is that theory fact or just still fiction? I think it's fiction. Like the thing with taking the two right, it's People are like, oh, he put you in a negative mindset. It was, well, he's trying to win the game in negative mindset. Like, he's trying. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, and, and the second one was it was a, it was thirty seconds to half time, and we had a penalty. Yeah, like, of course, you always. Yeah. That's that's forty one oh one. Like, yeah. if you always take the guaranteed two. Yeah. If, if you're in range, it doesn't matter what the score is. You take the guaranteed two. Uh, Bredo Karabko, this is our good friend, Doctor Grant. Um, Asking question, is the – God bless you, Grant. Is the sack the coach crisis merchants more of a problem for the club than the coach? <laughs> no, because I don't think the club listens at all. I think back in the day it was because the club used to listen. I don't, yeah. I don't think the club listens anymore. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll open this one up to the floor because I do have a pre- I do have an answer to this one. This is from um, a very good friend of the pod, Matt Clark, 81. 
He says, the Bay 53 podcast, and um, Harry, we're going to bring you into the uh, Bay 53 podcast executive here. We're given uh, executive power to sack one question from the organisation. It can be anyone from Phil Gardner right down to the ball boy. You get one person only, no take-backs. Who is it? Harry? Who, who I'm sacking from. Who are you sacking from the club? And you have to – you don't have to sack someone, but you definitely want to sack just one person to make, make, it, make a difference. Oh. This is an interesting one. Well, I've got, um, I've got my answer. I'll let you think, Harry. I'll, I'll give you my answer. Yeah, you go, Brett. My, my answer is Phil Gardner. And only because I don't think that Phil Gardner knows how to run a football team. I think he knows how to run a business. And I think the, the fact that the team that could never lose, West Rosellas, even they're losing. Um, you know, they're, they're, bottom, they're anchored to the bottom of the real NRL. I don't think Phil runs a football team very well and he wants to be a football god and he's not Nick Politis. I think everything that with everything that's going on at the club at the moment, generally these behaviours they they come from somewhere and they usually come from the top down to the bottom. Now I don't know enough about the internal workings of the Knights to know you know their day to day operations, the sort of the way that they um, you know the way that they they run their football club. But one thing I sort of do know from a lot of time. Um, involved in sport is that for better or worse, your leader is a bit of an indicator in terms of the way the rest of the organisation is going to work. Now, I, I'm not, I definitely am not saying that, we, that you have to, I'm probably not with you at the moment yet, Bretto, in terms of, yeah, let, you, Phil needs to go. I, but I definitely think that someone as public as he makes himself out to be in terms of being the face of everything good that the Knights do, well, his role then certainly should be brought under more scrutiny in terms of well, what is it that you're actually yeah. doing? He's, he's not a club owner. That's the thing. People sort of think yeah. he's untouchable. He doesn't own the club. He has a board that he has to answer to. Correct. You know? um, and I think that – and you know, people forget, people talk about Uncle Nick Politis. Well, the Roosters were rubbish for, for nearly 20 years of his, of his ownership of the Roosters. Right. You know, the 80s to the mid-90s, until the Fitler signing happened, yeah, they, were absolute, they were absolute garbage. You know, So it's not an easy thing to come from business into running a football club. It's just simple. Now, the, the only other reason that I, I sort of have some sympathy for at least putting Uncle Phil under scrutiny is that one of the things that Phil Gardner changed when he came in, or at least the West Board changed, when he, is this idea that the coach really shouldn't have as much power as Nathan Brown had. Everyone sort of seems to acknowledge that, yes, Nathan Brown, when he was brought in to fix the club, we probably let the pendulum swing too far in the other direction where he was sort of given too much say in terms of a way a lot of things were done within the club. So uh, the reason I mention that is that, well, if Phil Gardner came in to change that, you can't be blaming Adam O'Brien for everything that's going wrong with the club now because you put the structure – Phil Gardner was the one that put the structures in place to make sure that the coach wasn't the one entirely responsible for what's going on with the club. But now we've got Phil now who seems to be sort of running the show. We've got a lot of things that are going wrong with the club. So I'm like, well, <laughs> you, you were happy to sort of put the blame at the feet of Nathan Brown when you came on board and you got rid of him. So – what goes around sort of needs to come come around. The, the team's not losing, so everybody has to be under the, under the microscope. So, 
Um, yeah, can I, right. can I sack a ball boy to save on cans of coke, giving out the games? Uh, you yeah, absolutely, yeah, you absolutely can. Bat has given you the right to sack. Uh, you can sack anyone from Phil Gardner down to the ball boy. So, if there are any ball boys listening to our um, pod, just make sure that Harry Ramage is nowhere near it. If you want to hold on to your job, um, can, I also, yeah. can I also sack the usher? The uh, both three usher lately. He makes me pull my card out of my pocket when I got beers in my hand to show that <laughs> I've got a seat in that bay. <laughs> anyway, I just um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question, Matt. I think um, I think we've, we're we're probably um, happy to let uh, Phil take a little bit of the heat uh, at the moment. Um, anyway, we'll move on to some more um, recent questions, and this actually, I really, <laughs> this is a really good question. This is again from Mfro One on Instagram. Now um, you need to follow me here, boys. With the election and the cost of living being a big talking point at the moment, should the parties be offering tax cuts on electronics to night supporters in order to win our vote? Because I'm not sure how many more throws, phones I can throw and TVs I can punch <laughs> watching us play week to week. Um, if there are any uh, MPs listening, trust me, if you offer huge discounts or incentives on us to um, replenish our broken TVs as we um, uh, take it out on them watching the nights, I promise you, you'll have my vote. Boys? At least make them tax deductible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, nice memberships have to be tax deductible. It's a, it's a charity. It's a charity. Yeah, it's nice a has, has to be tax deductible. Um, I've got a question here from Bretto, and he wants to know, never listened, but I have a two-part question. Why are you still doing this, and wouldn't you rather punch yourself in the face? We actually did answer this question on uh, on Twitter, but, Harry, I want to get your take on this. Why, after everything that the Knights are going through, would you come on to the show and relive the um, the experience? And surely you thought to yourself, if I could punch myself in the face for an hour and a half instead of having to talk about this game, that would be a valid option. You know what, man? The Knights are like the hot girl who smokes. That's why. It's like it doesn't matter how many times you've told yourself, no, don't. Like, don't do it, man. This, you just fall. You just find your way back there. It's, it's a thing. It's just you know, is, the, man. you know what the worst part about the Knights is? Is that we'll we'll probably finish, you know, in the bottom four again this year. We'll win our first two games next year, and I'll still get excited about the fact that we finally arrived. Because I was thinking about it during the week. I was like, man, I'm never letting myself get ahead of the game. If we win our first two games next year, no, I'm keeping a lid on it until round 12. No, nah, fuck that. I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> on the Monday after the round two when we're top of the table again and we've beaten the Titans and the Tigers. I'll be talking it up like there's no tomorrow because you're right, I'm an idiot who never learns. So the, the NRL tried to help us this year because normally we get a soft opening two weeks that we win. The NRL said, we'll give you the Roosters straight up, you'll lose. And they <laughs> the bubble and they fucking won the pricks. Like, yeah. Uh, and that performance um, was worse by the week, honestly. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Although uh, uh, the Roosters came good against the Titans on. Yeah, um, man, the Titans. Oh my, that, mate. That see, to, really, to me, to me, the, to me, yeah. the Titans are way are going way worse than us because they've got no injuries. Yep, but, that's that's hundred percent true. But you know they're going to beat us when we go up to see Bus Stadium later this year. Oh, and in an embarrassing fashion, we yeah, put on absolutely. embarrassing performances when we go to the Gold Coast. Guys, yeah, man, right, so we've all done it. We all get we all get embarrassed when we go to the Gold Coast. 
<laughs> Boys, we're um, we're rapidly running out of time. I actually do want to get to um, a, a question from esteemed uh, Twitter listener um, at Mr. Barjas, and I, I think this is a really interesting um, question from a tactical perspective. He says, "I noticed something in the game last night. What do you think the idea is behind having Kalen Ponga not chasing downfield kicks?" He said, surely your best high ball catcher slash broken field runner should be around a bomb coming down So when we're on attack, even if it's just to get the crumbs off our huge wingers. That's a good question. Why is one of our best attacking options going in the opposite direction when we're putting in an attacking kick where you know we can apply some pressure to the to the defense? Well that was Jake that was Jake Cliverdrop. That was Jake Clifford. That was, you know, that was all over that cliff. You know, he's that was his role was to just catch every bomb. Um, even when he kicked him, you know, he'd kick him and chase him. And I think since he's sort of lost his way with you know, his personal stuff, no one stepped up. And KP, I, I, honestly, I think I'm really disappointed that KP hasn't stepped into that job. So do you think, but do you think KP is just taking that decision in? Oh, game, I, or is he, no, is I, he Adam, told- I think Adam and Brian, they've got an idea that he doesn't have to do it. But to me, when you get a million bucks, you're the captain of your team struggling. Just just have a crack, mate, a couple of times a game. Not to say do it every kick, but just a couple of times a game. Harry? It, it comes down to, right, I think it's two things. One, there's obviously a, you know, a structural decision in the team. Okay, like in transition, we're not going to do this. Okay, Kalen, you're not going to chase. Get back, organise the defence, which one could argue maybe he's not doing a great job at. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, hey, you say that. Hey, you say that. Oh, we're good on first four tackles. It's, it's the fifth and sixth that we should yeah. So, So there's that aspect to it. And you know what? It's percentages too. It's like what are the odds of him running down there and like taking a specky? Like to me, Dom Young's way more of a chance, like if you kick to him more often. Yeah. Um, and then if he goes down there and then – makes a tackle, like the first two tackles he's yeah, there yeah. and then he's yeah, got to yeah. run back further yeah. anyway. And three, he's our only creative player on the field at the moment. Yeah. So he's got, it's it's the Tedesco Tigers. It's It feels like it's Ponga or nothing to like create a line break. One thing I will I, say is the, the, the penalty Dom Young gave away on the kick chase for the bomb, have a look at how fast he ran then. If you want to see Dom Young, how quick he is, you go back and watch him when he gave away the penalty getting to the fullback too quick. I mean, he burnt the turf. Like, Cowboys got some quick outside backs, and he blew them all off the park. He's deceptively fast, isn't he, Don? Oh, because yeah. people forget he was actually one – he was recorded like one of the fastest players on the, on the park last year. He sort I, of I – did, I did see that he basically had a sprint career. That's where he, the other part he wanted to go. Yeah. He, um, you know, like he was a basketballer and he sort of, and rugby, he sort of fell into rugby league. But you know, he was a really, and you know, Britain's a really good sprinting nation. You know, they produce gold, Olympic gold medalists. And he was, yeah, he was a really top ranked uh, young sprinter. So he's, he's got that, he's got the, you know, he's got the sprint over twenty, but he's certainly got the top end speed over hundred. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, boys, I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite telling over the weekend that um, KP. Um, and God, the, the the knockers love to let him know every time he misses a tackle. So I thought it was quite telling over the weekend that he stopped Jason Taumalolo of all forwards in the NRL, um, last man line of defence to deny a try on the same weekend that Dylan Edwards got memed by Ryan Madison uh, in the um, in the Eels game. You know this. 
Sorry? He doesn't put his body on the line, mate. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's, he stopped Dean in his tracks. He stopped Lolo. You know, he made two other uh, runaway. Val Holmes was a runaway. He cut him down. Yeah, go away with that rubbish. But you know what the funny thing is? He, you see, he still missed two tackles from that game. So so he'll stop Tauma Lolo and deny him a try. But you know in 12 months' time, they'll be looking back going, oh, well, he, only, he was only 66% effective yeah. with, his, um, with his tackles that and you, game. You know, you know, you know what it is? Like, I think... I think KP actually gets memed a few times in open space because I don't think he's got the confidence in backing off and letting his outside men help. Well, you watch Turbo. Turbo never commits to a, to a tackle early. He'll always back off knowing that someone will come. come. And Ted, Teddy's a bit the same, whereas KP, I think, doesn't trust the outside men. And he actually just tries to make the tackle himself and gets, you know, fast guys in open, in open field. Not many guys make those tackles. I still think – I actually do still think that Kalen's um, protecting his body – I think he is mindful of the damage he did to his shoulder against the Sharks in 2020, and I still think he's—I still think he's actually second-guessing himself physically for that. Because people forget 2017, uh, 2017, 18, 19, he was like he would throw himself at players. Like he was one of the just one of the. Um, most kamikaze players that we'd seen play for the Knights. And I just think he hasn't been the same physically since he um, since he did that shoulder injury two years ago. And he knows he can't. He knows, you know, he didn't, we need him on the paddock. He can't, he can't, he can't yeah. break his body. Yeah. yeah. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Righto, fellas. We've um, look, um, Harry. You've uh, you've done well to last with us this long. It's uh, w- w- it still continues to surprise me how we managed to spend so much time talking week after week uh, as the as the losses start to pile up. And honestly, um, normally this time on a Monday night, I'm like probably in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, one of the things we stupidly forgot to um, do last week with Ben was get uh, him, of all people, to help us with our tips. So um, we're going to put you in the hot seat, mate, and um, we're going to get you to do that. Actually, just where are we travelling? We've got a sports best friends tipping comp. Yeah, we're not. Oh, we're two off the top. So the nights in a week doesn't help. I was going to say if we could, if we could, we, we take note, Harry. We don't have to tip the nights, um, but um, but yeah, we're we're not going too bad. Right, come on, let's do um, magic round tips with uh, Harry Ramage. Um, first game off the blocks, Bulldogs and Knights. Oh, we're winning that, mate. The Knights, the hot girl who smokes. Knights, uh, <laughs> um, that's that's actually probably the shortest odds that have been for us for a while. Only two dollars eight. Oh, we're outsiders. Oh, geez, I am going to be break come Saturday. <laughs> um, the Sea Eagles hosting uh, the Broncos. Um, I think the Sea Eagles win that in a close game, but I think the value of the round is to take the Broncos at the plus three and a half line where you can get two dollars. So. Yeah. I think that is money well spent. Listeners, just uh, Harry's giving you advice on how to uh, make money. Don't uh, don't miss Friday that night opportunity. Two dollars eight of the Knights into the Broncos plus three and a half. Friday. Uh, Warriors are the home team to the Rabbitohs on Saturday afternoon. Bunnies win. Bunnies. Nothing more to say. I think this is an. I actually do think this is an interesting one, and I think you'll find this is the closest. Yeah, these are the closest sides of the round. Uh, Titans hosting the host to the Dragons. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that's oh, oh. I'd probably say Titans. Hang on, brother. 
That, that, this is how I want. I want Harry. Harry's tip. Look, pains me to do this, but I think I will go the Dragons because they're boring enough to stick at the task long <laughs> enough, whereas the Titans aren't. <laughs> Bredo, what were you going to say? I was going to say Titans, just because I reckon they could probably put on two or three quick ones at some stage, and yeah. I the Dragons can match it. Yeah. We're going with our guests, so the yep. Dragons are locked in. Now, match of the round, and the Storm have got some players out, mate, but Storm uh, with the Panthers uh, as the away team. Ooh. Well, I mean, this really is a Melbourne home game. Can mm. you tell what the odds are there, Kato? So, well, this is where it gets interesting because, as Harry pointed out, Melbourne never lose in Queensland. Yeah. Storm, $2.25. Oh, Panthers, yeah. Oh, Panthers, yeah. $1.65. That's, that's going to be hard to knock. Look, no, it's going to be no Pappenhausen. Yep. You know what? Does Nick Meany get on at fullback, you reckon? Quite well, possibly. I mean, but... I mean, it doesn't really matter who's not playing for the Storm. To no. Well, I actually yeah. think they've got a guy or two out that helps them because they just, you know, not that they need to be galvanised, but they just seem to find another leg. So, but do the Panthers... the Storm. Fuck it. Storm. Yeah, so I'm do the Panthers it. lose two in a row, though? That's the yes. thing. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, but right. it doesn't mean that they can't go back-to-back, back, which that'll be the question when... So here's, so here's, my, hot, here's my hot take. Penrith will not get close to the Storm in the mind Premiership, but they'll win the Premiership. Yeah, I, yeah I, that's, that's, that's what yeah, I think. I think this game sort of decides it because, you know. Like... I, I think Penrith now will realise that they just need their top two shoe-ins and they just need to be healthy come September. I think the happiest person on Friday night was Ivan Cleary after that loss because you look at the two teams that have had the biggest winning streaks over the last two seasons and they haven't gotten the job done um, when it matters in winning a grand final, and I think not Ivan Cleary. You'd never, you'd never say to your team go into a team game to to take the loss, but I think he would have been tickled pink with the fact that they got a loss out of the way. They got the home streak thing out of the way. They got the streak to start the season out of the way. Now they can just worry about playing games and locking up those that top two. But um, I'm still, yeah, no, we're still going with the Storm tip to um, to win this weekend. Okay, uh, Sharks um, and the Raiders. Oh, this will be a fun game. Oh. I think I think Canberra. I think Canberra will give him a run, and Cronulla will be too good for him. Yeah, definitely get on a Raiders half time. Yeah, Cronulla full time. Cronulla full time double. Yeah. Um, I think this is another interesting one. Roosters and the Eels. Oh, this is a good game. Hmm. Um, because the Roosters are just bad enough. Parramatta might play down to them. Correct. That's exactly that is exactly what I was thinking. But will the but will the tricolour jerseys will that fool them into thinking they're playing a good team? Because <laughs> mm. they're real smart at Parramatta way. And you got to pick the margin for this one as well, Harry. Oh, okay. All right. I could. I think I'll. I think I'll take the Chooks in the upset just because Para have that. They just have that. No, nah, I'm changing. We're going. <laughs> Can I tell you something, Harry? I think I think the Eels are the smart tip this weekend. Because, there you go. Um, Eels historically, they actually do like to back up really solid wins, like your ones over the Panthers, oh, and they just have a, they have a superb record at Suncorp too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Except when yeah. Melbourne put sixty-six on them. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> you got to watch that live, didn't you, Bretto? I did. I, I did. did too. Yeah, that was, mate. Oh, there was. Hey, Harry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Harry. We had to be that day. 
and over um, actually that was when Parramatta had their their function that day. I remember at the um, yes. the Albert is it called the Albert? Yep, the Albert. Yeah, yeah Parramatta had their function there that day. So yeah. Eels by ten. All right, lucky last game of the round: Tigers and the Cowboys. Cowboys, come on! What yeah, you, you got to stay. You got to stay with a favourite on that one. Yeah, no, but the Tigers will be brave. <laughs> <laughs> so brave, so brave, so brave. Bredo, um, we haven't. We didn't get a chance to check in last week. We've had a full round. I'm sure all the scores have been finalised as well. How's the? How are the Super Coach leagues going? Are you? Um, are you winning them yet? I had a split this weekend, mate. I win and a loss. Um, yeah, it's still going really good. It's really close. There's a couple of sides there where, you know, they got no idea. You know, calling out you, Grant Morgan. Um, but, we, <laughs> but, but yeah, there's a lot of really close teams. I think it's going to be a good final series. Too easy. We do appreciate everyone who's uh, who's jumped on with the um, with the Super Coach as well. It's you know, a bit a bit of fun this year. Just always an opportunity to um, interact with all things. Uh, rugby league. And can How, I mention? Can I mention quickly that we are giving away a ticket to Magic Round this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so any, so anyone that's in the Brisbane area can get there. Drop us a DM or just jump on the the comment in the Bay Three feed, and yeah, um, let us know and we'll pick out a winner. Hopefully, probably in the morning, I'd say. Yeah, the, the, this this episode should hopefully be out later tonight. So, um, yeah, uh, it should be twenty four within twenty four hours of, uh, yeah. of this episode dropping. We'll um, we'll contact someone to to come and watch some come, some footy with us. Come sit with us for three days. You know, three hundred three hundred bucks worth of ticket to sit with a couple of idiots. Yeah. I am jealous that uh, I cannot get to Magic Round, but um, I will tell you guys, um, you're the boom rookies. Um, guys because the next week at Dubbo is Raiders versus South which is of course the Nick Camper versus Mackungard Bowl yeah. um, I was invited to a uh, couple night road trip to do Night Mudgee and then Dubbo you know being that that's sort of my Thornton the region of South Wales from where I uh, come from I was able to get one night where it's like, okay, I can get away. It doesn't interrupt work. It's all good. So the boys are hitting up Mudgy the night before. Unfortunately, Group 10 Rugby League is being played on Sundays these days and not Saturdays. So we have an afternoon at Glen Willow. But yeah, so we've got our own country Magic Weekend following week. Mate, you'll de- we'll definitely have to get you back on to report on all of the shenanigans of that. Um, uh, let us know what it would. Fredo, that's something we need to do one day. Take take Bay Fifty Three out to the country. We've got it next time the Knights are um, areas, mate. yeah playing out in a regional um, regional area. We'll have to make the trip. Boys, thank you very much um, for your time. Um, hopefully, hopefully, Harry, next time we get you on, we can uh, discuss a, a win, although we've had to say that to our last two guests. So uh, so who knows? But before we do um, finish up, Harry, any uh, any closing or final words that you want to share with the listeners? Um, Jaden Braley can come back quickly. Oh, yeah. There's a good yeah. video out of him today that he was he was looking real close. Now he was jumping, he was running. So I don't think he's too far away. Considering that like mm. four months ago he tore an Achilles. Yeah, you know he's he's, he's away he's away in Queensland with the boys, so he's obviously back doing contact training. So yeah, he must be close. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. Mm. Bredo, any any final thoughts from you before we um, call it a call it a night? No, well, don't get too down the double starts, fans. I, you know, I don't think we'll make the finals, but I really think that on the run home when, when we're looking a bit stronger and we'll, we'll come over with some nice wins and we'll get to at least do some nice football later in the year. 
Yeah. No, I, I look, I, I, I'm, I'm probably with you. I think, unfortunately, we probably left our finals run a little bit late, but hopefully with the with the season panning out, we get some bodies back. You know, we can enjoy a couple of wins, finish the season strong, and uh, see if we can build towards something uh, sooner rather than later. Righto, gentlemen, we'll, um, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and, um, yeah, we'll see you all from Magic Round. Thanks, guys. Best friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.